The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? engagement? How long before yeah. a wedding should I send How out many save games the dates? Are in the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Jordan Cooney. Hello, SEOs. My name is Jordan Cooney from Previsible. And this week, we're going to dive into the evolution of semantic search. Joining me is Bernadette Nixon, who is the CEO of Algolia, which is a search and discovery platform used by major brands and retailers like Staples, NBC, Universal, Lacoste, and Slack. And today, Bernadette and I are going to discuss how the evolution of semantic search is changing and some of the key fundamentals that each of you should take away. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com AWT. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, here's my conversation with Bernadette Nixon, the CEO of Algolia. Bernadette, welcome to the Voice of Search podcast. Hi, Jordan. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, glad to have you here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Algolia, your role there, and just kind of what kind of search you guys do? Sure, absolutely. So as you mentioned in your intro, we're a search and discovery platform, AI-powered, and we're also an API-first company too which I think is, uh, is important to note. And we have over 17,000 users, I should say companies, when I say users, I mean companies that are on our platform today. And we handle a huge volume. So about 1.5 trillion searches on the platform a year. And to give you an example, over the Black Friday and Cyber Monday weekend that we just had not long ago, 
we were processing at peak 100,000 searches a second. And that's a second, 100,000 searches a second. So certainly enterprise grade and lots of great customers. But the, the topic that you mentioned is one near and dear to our hearts, which is the evolution of semantic search. So loving to uh, dive into that. Yeah. I mean, and, and as we get into that, like for our listeners to understand a little more about Algolia, like you guys are essentially like the closest thing to knowing what's happening at Google, right? Like, I mean, in essence, you're getting to see this across a massive ecosystem of different sites with different experiences and enabling these clients to manage search. And it's really like, this is like the closest thing that we're really going to get, because obviously Google's not going to just like open their doors to all of their data information. But this is like the closest thing that we're going to get to understanding like how users are behaving, what's needed to meet users' demands, and get them the information or the content that they need. Yeah, I mean, we take over where Google drops you into a website. So Google searches the web and puts you on a website. And that's the point where, where we take over. So we're not a public search engine. We take over on all of the different brands and websites, properties. And so the scale that we see, we, you know, we often say that we're second only to Google as far as we can tell, because we can only measure ourselves against the public search engines. And if you forget Google for a moment, but you look at the next five global search engines, public search engines is Bing, Yahoo, Baidu, Yandex, and DuckDuckGo. And we serve four times their combined volume at peak when you look at that across the year. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I think for many of us, especially folks who are working in-house at enterprises or, or individuals who work at an agency and are supporting big enterprises, we often forget how vast search really is and what it does in our lives every day. And that it's not just Google. I think that's what everyone's fixated on, but it, it goes way beyond that. And we help consumers and search helps consumers in so many different ways and so many different facets. So with that, I mean, to our topic today, right? The evolution of, of semantic search. I'd love to get your perspective on how AI plays a role in that. Sure, absolutely. I'm famous for saying that not all semantic search is created equal. And if we take a look at the evolution of just search in general, I think it'll become obvious why I often say that. So the search industry, we started with keyword search, and that's where we started as well. And it's very efficient. It's extremely fast. There are some types of search queries that frankly can only be handled by keyword search. For example, a branded search, if you're searching for Nike running shoes, keyword search is and probably always will be the best way of getting the best, most accurate results for your consumers. So with that said, though, what started to happen is that people started to, the industry, the software industry, we started to add things on to keyword search to improve it. And so in the age of AI that we are today, everybody started adding AI onto search. And we, you'll often find us talking about the, um, the keyword search sandwich, where you've got the keyword engine in the middle. And if you like the slices of bread on either side, that's where people started to apply AI first to keyword search. And so they'd apply it at the beginning to get better under, query understanding 
and they would do that with synonym suggestions, dynamic AI-based synonym suggestions. They may do it with ontologies or knowledge graphs, depending upon what search engine you're looking at. And then the next thing to happen was at the other end, the other slice of bread, if you like, was the application of AI re-ranking to the results that you know had already been returned. And so that was really sort of the first incarnation of what people started to talk about being semantic search, or sometimes they would just simply call it AI search. And it was good. It served us well for quite a period of time. But I think when you look at the you know, what's happening in the industry with AI today. And I mean, there was a journal, another journal article this morning about ChatGPT. What that has, I think, done, there's been a quantum leap in AI and in the natural language understanding. And so whereas we as humans might have always wanted to be known and understood in this discovery journey that we're on, the technology always fell short. It just didn't quite deliver that human experience that we were looking for. Now, with the technology, with the transformers, with the AI models that we have available to us, we have the ability to really blow people away. And to, as a consequence, we as individuals now expect to be, not not we wanted to be understood, we expect to be understood. And so continuing down this path of continuing to add sort of AI around the keyword search technology becomes a a law of diminishing returns at a certain point. And so that's why you have to make it a whole AI sandwich, end-to-end AI, and you have to put another beating heart, if you like, alongside that keyword engine in the middle of the sandwich there in order to truly get the kind of results that you want. And so as people started to understand this, as the industry started to get to grips with this, vector search is what came to the fore. Last year, for example, it was a very hot topic in all of the search circles. And what happened then is that people got excited about it. But what you soon realize is to get vector search working at the speed of keyword, at the performance of keyword, at the scale of keyword, and somewhere approaching a reasonable cost, It's not really been cracked as yet. So I would say that those vector search engines that are out there, they're brilliant, but they're still science projects. Now, we actually acquired a company back in September called Search.io. And the reason that we got so excited when we started looking at their technology was because not only did they have a vector search engine, but they had developed a proprietary technology on top of that where they apply a neural hashing technique to the vectors such that the vectors then perform like keywords. They can scale at the rate at which you can scale an infrastructure for a keyword engine and very cost effectively. So I wouldn't say it was at the same cost. It's it's definitely not at the same cost as keyword, but approaching the same cost of keyword search, all of which is completely unheard of on the market. And so we are the only search company that is able to provide end-to-end AI search and as a consequence provide better results (laughs) with no need for synonyms, no need for rules, all those pesky things that you have to manage. And so we're really excited about all of this. I love this history and this kind of this transition of where search has gone, right? Because 
this lexical or this literal keyword search world of like 20 years ago, where you would put in a word like food and great, you get the US Food and Drug Administration website. (laughs) And that's basically the only useful result you have. It's evolved to then being like you put in the word food into a search engine and you get photos of foods, you get recipes of foods, you get the Food and Drug Administration, you get all these different synonyms or meanings behind what could food really mean for you as a user. And now to this point where we're getting at is the ability to not only connect all those things, but then also rationalize that for consumers and users so that you actually get to the point where you're not only looking at a specific recipe, but you're actually understanding the ingredients that you have available to you so you can actually create food. And so it's, it's kind of crazy to think how, how far we've come and what capabilities we have. And I'm kind of curious to get your perspective from this evolution to like, when we think about this like neural search and this ability where we can get to performance and scale, what is this going to mean for consumers? I fundamentally don't think it's just more chat GPT-3. I think there's, there's got to be more practical uses for this. And that's what I'd love to hear from you is what are those practical uses and implications, not maybe for your customers or searchers in general? Yeah, so we'll start off maybe with the consumer first. So for example, my sister, her daughter is getting married and she's going to need a killer outfit for the mother of the bride. And, <laughs> you know, I don't think they've set a date as yet, but, you know, killer outfit for mother of the bride for a fall wedding or a winter wedding, whatever it is. You type that into any e-commerce sites, search engine, it's, you're going to get nothing, just absolutely nothing. Or, <laughs> you know, you might go on to, I won't name brand names, but you might go into an outdoor, you know, an outdoorsy website that sells camping gear, for example, and put in, type into the search box, what do I need to buy for my first camping trip? And trust me, I've done that on a, not that I'm a big camper, but I've done that on a couple of sites. And again, you get zero. So from a consumer perspective, kind of what I like to say is we want to be able to search as we think. So we want something to interact with us as a human as opposed to having to just put these key words in that are very stilted and staccato, like as you were saying. So I think that's going to be the major, one of the major differences. And so, but it doesn't even have to be anything as sort of out there as a killer outfit for the mother of the bride. I was on um, like a DIY website recently, and I was looking for some hardwood flooring. And I wanted some blonde hardwood flooring. So when I put hardwood flooring in, I got loads of great options, all relevant. I put blonde hardwood flooring in, I got olive wood chopping boards and some things that were even not made of wood. Uh, <laughs> so it's not the, the wild and fanciful things necessarily. It's, it's those things that we want to buy. And I mean, e-commerce is merely one of the use cases that we serve, but it's a very popular one. So I think there's just going to be, we also, we're impatient as humans. We don't want to have to forage for things. So I think the impact that this has is that it serves you, puts the the company's content in motion and puts their catalog in motion and provides you with the best relevant results right up front. And there's some technical stuff that goes behind that that goes back to the the AI sandwich analogy that I can get into if that would be interesting for your your listeners. But I think then from from our customer perspective, I think about the merchandisers. And the merchandisers are able to 
merchandise, depending upon how big the team is, maybe the top 100 queries, the top 1,000 queries, the top 5,000 queries, depending upon the size of the team. But they can't do it for the whole catalog. I mean, some of these e-commerce sites, especially when you get into marketplaces, if you were to lay out all of their product catalog, you'd fill a football stadium. And so you can't do it. So therefore, merchandisers historically have been manually or semi-manually merchandising for the fat head queries. What this technology now will allow them to do is not only that, but also for the long tail and have that automation for the long tail, which I think is going to be critical. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. No doubt. And I, I have a burning question for you that I think is a bit scary, not just for our listeners, but like, honestly, the technology community at large and, and how we manage our society and the future of our children and our family. But like, there's been a lot of conversation about regulation when it comes to tracking people online. Right. Apple's made some pretty big changes. Obviously, the EU has made some really big regulatory changes around how and what data can be tracked. Here in California, where I'm based, CCPA just had another phase in terms of how and what data you can use and how you can, can leverage that, not only just from a consumer standpoint, but now even from an employer standpoint here in the state of California. But what's really interesting to me is what you're talking about when it comes to leveraging semantic search is getting consumers what they want faster and doing this through a level of understanding. But clearly that understanding isn't by tracking their movements. And that's what we've been doing in the past, right? And so do you really feel like semantic search in a lot of ways in the evolution that we're going in with AI is going to be able to unlock better experiences that don't require this kind of invasive process or practice of my privacy and what I've been doing online? It's really, we have lots of discussions about this internally, Jordan, and we were originally founded in Paris. So being originally a European company that then came to the US, privacy is ingrained in how we operate. So I think there's really sort of two parts to the answer of your question, which is, Yes, I do believe that AI will play a significant role and it will do so because of the way that you can train the models, the way that you 
will no longer have to manually or semi-manually define synonyms and all of this sort of stuff. So it'll be easier to find what you're looking for. But there is still going to be a place for personalization. And as somebody, well, it was actually our, our new CTO said to me recently, he said, you know what? He said, personalization is so easy to understand and yet so difficult to deliver on that promise in conjunction with respecting the GDPR and all the other variants of that now that we've got across the globe. But that's what we do. And so therefore, a few years ago, the holy grail was the segment of one. And I was interviewing a chief merchandising officer from a very significant brand last year. And she said, you know what? The segment of one is almost too much. It's almost just too much. I know it's the holy grail, but you can get in so much value by doing personalization at the segment level, which means that you don't then have to be necessarily tracking and attributing all of my activity to me, Bernadette Nixon. And so therefore you can get to a very good level of personalization whilst at the same time respecting people's privacy and being compliant with the law. And that's the philosophy that really we're focusing on. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because, I mean, that's where obviously Google, Google Analytics is going with segmentation and basically putting consumers or different experiences into kind of different buckets in order to kind of not necessarily be infringing on the individual, but like looking at like, hey, these are needs that consumers have. So we need to be able to understand what those needs are. But we don't need to know what like Jordan Cooney is doing right now today. And I think that's a really, fascinating direction that our technology is going. So Bernadette, just before we close this episode, any last words or comments on semantic search? Maybe a a little prediction on where this is going to go for Algolia. Just want to give you that opportunity before we close this episode. Sure. So I guess what I would say, repeat what I said a little while ago, which is for the companies out there that are looking to take their search to the next level, I think what I would want somebody to say to me is not all semantic search, not all AI search is created equal. And therefore really dig under the covers as you're exploring the different possibilities out there for yourselves with the different companies and make sure that you've really got end-to-end AI search, because that is the only way that you'll truly be able to get the great results that you're looking for. So that would sort of be the buyer beware sort of thing I would leave people with. And then maybe some of the predictions, I would, I'd say I've got three predictions. So the first one, frankly, is bigger than search. And that is that used to be that software was eating the world and that every company had to be a (laughs) software company. Now that's not enough. Every company is in a race, whether they know it or not, but they're in a race to become an AI-powered company. So yes, we would play a part in that from an AI search perspective, but that movement is way bigger than us and way bigger than search. But then when you come to the search field, we do believe that hybrid search will become table stakes. And what I mean by hybrid search, it's the combining of the keyword technology with the semantic technology in the way that I described it with our proprietary neural hashing technique that makes all of it the same performance level and scalability and almost cost parity. 
So that's going to become table stakes. And the reason it's going to become table stakes is because human expectations have changed. ChatGPT changed that overnight. We've all played with it or had somebody that knows somebody that's played with it and lost three hours of their life doing so. But (laughs) that's a, that's a, you know, it's a pivot point for the industry, really. And you're not going to be able to get away any longer with just the keyword AI sandwich. You're going to have to have AI across the board to be able to deliver the results that your consumers are going to expect. And even in B, I say consumers, but in B2B as well, they have the same expectation. And I guess the third prediction that I would make is that search and navigation are both critical to SEO. And in the climate that we're in right now with having to do more with less, I think this is the year that people are going to figure out that there's really a linkage there. And I, because I don't think most people truly recognize that. And when you've got the great navigation, it's not just about, you know, Google's crawl as being able to crawl your site easier. Yes, that's part of it. But a bigger part of it, in my opinion, is the fact that when you've got great navigation, some of which is automated, some of which we do, some of which is done outside of us. When you've got great navigation, it also makes it easier when somebody's come from Google, they've clicked on that organic link, they've landed at your website, and then you want to learn more and you seek to understand more. When there's great navigation, it's easy to do that. Or when you've got great search, it's easy to go and great when you're researching something, you can get lost down that rabbit hole for an hour in the evening and really get educated on something. All of that means you get great engagement statistics. Those great engagement statistics are the virtuous loop with Google giving you higher organic rankings. So I really think that there's a linkage there that I don't think a lot of people pay attention to. And I think in the current climate of do more with less, I think that's uh, about to have its moment. Ah, That's an awesome lead into our next episode. Thank you for all of that. Okay, that wraps up this episode on semantic search on the Voice of Search podcast. Huge, huge thank you to Bernadette Nixon, CEO of Algolia, for joining us today. This was part one interview. And tomorrow, we'll publish our part two discussion on the 2023 search predictions. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Bernadette, you will find her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can also contact her on Twitter. Her handle is bvnixon or visit her company website, algolia.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, that wraps up this episode. Join us tomorrow. 